Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Woo! Have I got a show for you today? Yes, we have a great cast of people that are going to just blow your mind with their talent today. Actors, oh, I, I will introduce one person who's going to share with you those that are with her because she brings to the table some very, very interesting things that is going to surprise you because many don't know all of the details about the things that she has done. She's had a love affair with the arts as a young young woman and she sang with local bands in Denver, Denver, Colorado. But I've got to tell you, that's not where things went for her. She ended up becoming, um, through an offer, in a television series in Denver, and she just went with it, stayed with it, and it really flourished for her. What ended up happening is she ended up appearing many times on Father Dowling series, um, Perry Mason, and maybe you remember this, maybe you don't, I do, The Greatest American Hero. She really got her big break, though, in a movie that many of you know, Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. Yes, and this is where things changed for her. She had a lot of things going that really, that it opened the doors in many, many ways. So she's an actress, a singer, what talents, I mean, just unbelievable talents, but she's also a writer, a screenwriter, and she's got some very, very heavy wonderful things that she's going to share with us today, and I'm not going to take and steal that from her. So I'd like to bring her to the show. Welcome, Corinne Rodriguez Montoya. Well, thank you so much for having us. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hello, I everybody. love this. I absolutely love this because... I have a I have a built-in audience. No matter where I go, they're always behind me clapping. Yeah. So. I know. <laughs> I am just so excited because you're here, you've done so much with your life, and you even, you had a, a script that you wrote, it became um, a premiere series originally called River City Yacht Club, and later um, changed to Staying Afloat, that was in Texas, and it's just really moved on and on and on for you, and now you're involved in something else that's it really is really amazing and we want to hear all about it well um, I met the screenwriter the creator the visionary Steve Archuleta this is Stephen Archuleta this is here he came up to me one day with a script and he said hey I have a script uh, I want you to read it and I looked at it and it was just a bunch of lines and I didn't want to hurt his feelings I didn't want to discourage him so I, I asked him what his favorite movies were, and then I mentioned that I was going to suggest that he read scripts from those movies, uh -huh. because I wanted him to know what a script looked like. There's so many ideas out there. Young kids want to get their stories told. So not discouraging him, I said, yeah, I'll come back in a couple of weeks. Well, three days later, he called up and said, hey, I have a script for you. And I, yeah, I kind of said, oh, okay, I'll read it. 
it was a full functioning working script, what we call a working script. And I was really impressed. So I, you know, he didn't have anything other than he wanted to put it together and put it on YouTube. But I saw the story and I saw his passion. So I told him, I'll help him. And you know, the rest is, the rest is what we have today. We, we have some amazing actors who auditioned and these two actors were one of them. Angelo has stepped up to be a writer, a co-writer and a director of one of the so, series. Corinne, this is Angelo Duran. Hey, there he is. Hey, Angelo. Hey, we we got to get a, a really close shot, Angelo. And for those out there who are listening to the show, Angelo's popping up to the screen now, now and really giving us his ham. So yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. I love this. And this, this, this handsome guy, we call our, one of our eye candies. Yes, yes. What we love about him, Keon also went to film school, but he realized even before he graduated, come on in and say hi to everybody. Hello. He's, he's, I love him. And let's, uh, let's give the audience Keon's last name as well. Okay, go ahead. Say uh, it. My last name is Badati. Uh, okay, yeah. let's get the spelling on this because you know, if, let me tell you, you know, these ladies out there, if you're being known as eye candy and all of you see, all of you are heartthrobs. And so they're going to want to be Googling you and connecting with you on social media. So we got to have your name spelled correctly. Go ahead and give it to us. Uh, do you want my first and last name or just my last name? last name? Yeah. Okay, uh, my last name is V-E-D-A-D-I. Okay, you heard it here straight from him. You know where, how to find him now. No messing around. Okay, Corinne, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we auditioned and got together and filmed. Um, we're fourth walling Hollywood. We're putting this project straight in Hollywood's face and saying, we don't need all your butts. We'd like to have them. But we're going to get this project out with or without your help. So Steve, Steve, raise your hand. Steve, he said, I have money to produce this. And that blew my mind because you don't find very, you know, very many 19-year-olds who aren't from money themselves that have money. And he saved and worked hard and worked overtime. And before we knew it, we had a crew, a professional crew come on board, professional actors come on board. And this thing has blown up on social media. People are liking just the pictures of the cast members. And I'm just so lucky that they're, they are allowing me to be a part of this. Aww. I can't keep up with them because their energy is endless. Uh, the creativity I love because it's it doesn't it's like their energy there's no end to it um, and they get along well they get along well the ventures is about friendship and the trials and tribulations millennials go through if you don't mind talk with them they they that's, can take you way that's where I'm going uh, you know, Angelo back there has something he wants yeah. to share I wanted to say something about, I want to give props to Steve for like saving up like all that money and stuff because him and I are the same age, but I, the most money I've ever saved is like right now and I have like $27, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I can't even imagine having like, being like this, like this young and like 
having this much freedom and stuff to like save that money, I'm like, props to you, man. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get like more than like $20, I'm like, hey, let's go hit some. Let's go see a movie or something. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's funny that you mention that because I, every now and then, have a guest that I bring on the show to talk about finances because personally, when I went into the workforce, even I, I wanted to save, but I, I mean, I started out on my own at 18 I went and got my own apartment and so on and so forth and I just didn't feel like I had enough money to save I needed every penny to get by and so I didn't have someone that guided me on saving strategies or retirement kind of things like that and so I bring people on the show to do that and this is so essential with the age that you're at right now to do that and Steve obviously you know how to do this and take take the opportunity take the time to do this this is absolutely essential so i want Steve you to share with the audience the name of you name of the film i want you to share also how you came about writing this so the film is called ventures with toilets and the idea came one more time okay Ventures with Hoyos. There you go. And the the idea just came from just living, uh, like just seeing reality, uh, how I see in my perspective, and it it just I don't know the characters just came came to life. This is really exciting, and Corinne knew right when she read it that there was something very valuable in it. And so she took on to help with the project. So Keon, how did you end up coming into this um, beautiful family now that you have? Well, um, all I really did was I went, uh, there was a website called Mexico Casting Call. And uh, I contacted Corinne and I was like, uh, when can I come audition? And she told me like, a, a date and a place. And I went down there and it was at a I didn't expect it to be a hotel, and I and uh, I was waiting with a bunch of other people, and I'm just we're just standing outside the hallways, like read. I forget what the script was. It was like some conversation that everyone had to read, and um, so my interpretation was I had to read it like a total pothead. So okay. So I went into the room and I met uh, Steve and Corinne, and uh, auditioned with Steve, and just sat down. Well, before that, they asked me, like, some questions, like, I guess, like, some personal questions to determine my personality, like, uh, what does, like, a friend mean to you, like, topics that relate to the show. Yeah. And then, um, and then me and Steve sat down, and we just uh, went back and forth with dialogue, and I was just, like, trying to act as stoned as I could. Um, and, DX yeah. DX on for us right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But this is this is so funny. Now, Angelo, you had um, you had done some acting prior to this as well. You had done some background work, and um, and they found something special in you as well at the audition. Is that correct? I guess yeah. They gave me a T-shirt, but it's okay. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You okay? So you guys gave out T-shirts during the audition. I mean, to me, they did. They're like, "Oh, this guy's so cool." And that's what I mean. They're like, "They liked me so much that they gave me a T-shirt." But it was a media, and even if I was skinny, it still wouldn't fit because I'm like six foot tall. So it fits like a crop top and it's super tight. It's like a tube top for men. 
Okay, that's kind of weird, but in, in a little way, you know? So <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. I, I went to an audition and never got, they didn't give out anything other than the open door if you didn't make it, right? So <laughs> you got a t-shirt. And so here you are with this and it's going really well. So the filming was done in New Mexico and now you guys have it. And uh, tell me how, aside, you said there's a lot of good things happening amongst social media. You're getting a lot of good feedback. Tell me a little bit more about this and the audience, especially those who aren't able to get the visual. They, they're hearing this, the show on audio. Well, first off, when we started filming, it was going to be a movie. And then... I saw it as a movie and Steve said, no, it's a series. It's got to be series. So it's ongoing. We're not done with it. Uh, there's more stories being added, more adventures that the Hoyles are having. Um, if I could take a moment, just I, I have to talk about the auditions. Yes, yes. They were well, unique. <laughs> I have a funny story about it too, but go ahead. Okay. We asked all the actors and some of them were classically trained actors, theater actors, I mean, actors that are, you know, pretty hot. But our, our ad said, we didn't care if you were trained or not. You know, can you, do you think you can act? And then we had a special part of the, the ad that said, do your friends think you're funny? If they do, come and audition for us. Uh-huh. We wanted raw talent. We wanted to work with raw talent. See, that's really good. And that's one thing about what happened with you, because someone noticed your comedic side uh, way back. Yeah, I don't know if it was comedic or sarcastic, but yeah, they kind of liked it. Yeah, they picked up on it. And so this, what happens is oftentimes we tend to not embrace our unique talents and get it out there because because we want to get into acting or get into something else and so we try to portray uh you know this image but raw talent that was great because then keon was able to just like off the cusp say hey this is my version of what you're asking here and you were able to get i mean you were able to get it and so what i'm wondering too was how big was your the how many people how many people ended up showing up was it a big pool well the first day we probably had about 30 people a lot of people in new mexico in albuquerque which is um you know we're like the third in line for hollywood features and filmmaking and production there's so much going on uh Angelo over here is working a lot and, and, you know, hardly gets any sleep, but we're busy here. So what we wanted to do was just be so different. And, and so the first day we had about 50 people and Angelo can tell you a little bit more about how he felt when he read the casting call. The second time we had it at our production office in a small town outside Albuquerque. And I think we had about, all together, we must have had over 100 people audition. Okay. Because, you know, here we are, a small, we're a small production company. People yes. didn't know if we were for real or what. And with that note, I'm going to let Angelo tell you his story. Yeah. Yes, yes, so, yes. I mean, 
no offense, but I've never heard of any of these people. You know what I mean? And then right, uh, right. previous, I went to another, I saw that it was at a hotel, and that was immediately a red flag for me because I went to an audition, quote unquote, that, at another hotel, like, I think it was the same one. And then they were like, oh yeah, for $7,000, we can make you famous. And then like, they had me audition, but they stood me in front of a Christmas tree and told me to say my name and my phone number. I'm like, that's not even an audition. So I went there with like not a lot of hope that it was going to be real, but I was like, you know, it never hurts to try it. So then I got there and I saw um, Steve and you guys all in there. And I was like, okay, maybe it's legit. And then can I see like the script we read off? Yeah. Yeah. So then I had we read a monologue off of Half Baked and I just acted like, and I acted as high as I could possibly be, like Keon. Because I mean, Half Baked, like who's not, who's sober in that movie? You know what I mean? But yeah, so I thought it was a scam, and then it wasn't, and then now here. Well, the so, thing about why we had, had why we asked the actors, there was a, a method to the madness. We asked the actors to read, yes, a scene from Half Bake and another scene from um, I can't remember. It was for the females with Alicia Silverstone, Clueless, and it wasn't to see their acting ability. It was to see if they could take direction. The direction was memorize this scene and say it. And there were actors there who were so good because they came up and said, well, I, I prepared something else. Well, out of respect, we let them film. We filmed what they prepared and they were amazing. But they didn't get the job because they didn't take direction. Just first, first audition they didn't take direction so one of the things that i like to do is share with the audience things that will help them with their life moving forward positive things and one of the th there's actually two things that in just the last couple of minutes that you guys have talked about that i think i want to convey some real pointed significance in the first is that if you decide you're going to go into acting and you reply to a casting call, you don't have to pay for the audition. No, no. That, that is the, if there's anybody that ever asks you for any money or they want to set you up on some kind of a payment plan. I did. I had this happen to me in San Diego. I went for an audition. There was a bazillion people there. I mean, I'm a little exaggerative there. But I go for this and then they said, okay, we're going to line up five of you at a time and each of you are going to read this. And I messed up a little bit and I stopped and restarted. And the person said to me on the, that was kind of on this panel, oh, you've done this before. Kind of like there was kind of a, a surprise there in the sense that I, they knew I was catching on to something. And so Long and short of it, they wanted money. So I want, the, I want those that are listening, those that are in the audience to really be aware that if you want to go into just about anything really, when you go somewhere and they're calling you and they're asking you for money, no go. No, no, no. no. And the next thing is that when you are applying for positions, whether it's in acting or like with my background in law enforcement, there's some very huge things that you, you need to recognize is in what you want to do. If you want to land something, you have to follow the directions. And if you don't follow the directions, it really can be detrimental, especially if, let's say you have a small group of candidates. 
and they're looking at all of just about everybody having the same kind of qualifications they all look good and now we really have to start the process of elimination so that we we can really select the right candidate that could really be it and in this case it was it was can i offer some more advice too yes yes okay. yes so if whether you're auditioning for a role or i'm just going to keep it to the acting world because that's probably what whoever's listening to this is probably like interested in if you you're auditioning for something, try to be as friendly as possible and like most personable to like the directors who are casting you. Because you may not know this, but a regular day on set is easily more than 12 hours. And nobody wants to hang out, like they're not gonna cast you if they don't like you. And they think you're gonna be problematic or annoying or just plain dumb, you know what I mean? So just try to be like nice. You don't have to be funny, just be pleasant to be around. To, at least to the best of your ability, you know what I mean? You know, that's a good point. And it's very well said because oftentimes, and especially in this day and age, we have such a need for immediate gratification. And in the mm -hmm. film industry, it doesn't work that way. Time works very different and you have to have a lot of patience. And so really, that's where you do. You have to be able to be receptive to everything that's going on and kind of go with the flow without having an attitude and really we see a lot of this now because we expect things so quickly and we are just apt to say, well, why isn't this happening now? And I can remember, and it doesn't sound to me like much has changed. Um, I remember in the 80s when I did some extra work and it would be a 16 hour day. You are absolutely right. One of the coolest things though about it, if you are doing, if you just decide to peruse this and start, start, venturing out to see what is behind the scenes they got a smorgasbord of food that is available <laughs> <Yes>. there <laughs> it's yes. really good stuff so anyway but this is really exciting about what you guys have going tell the audience how each of you do you want each individual of you and the cast to connect with your audiences those that are following you or are you wanting them to follow the film or both? We, would, we would like them to follow of course ventures with hoyles we're on facebook our uh, website is shouldbeproductions.com but of course i personally i would love to keep my actors and the writers all to myself but they have a gift that needs to be shared so i would like for your listeners and followers to follow them individually because Steve has a career ahead of him as a writer. So does Angelo. Keon is a whatever. phenomenal you actor. Do, you can do whatever you want, Keon. You can do whatever you, yes, Keon. We're not going to stop you. But I would really like for your followers to follow these guys because they their future is bright. You know that saying, my future is so bright I have to put on sunglasses? I love it. Yeah, that's what their future is going to be like and I I see something in every single member of the cast it's just not these guys here but the, the every single member of that cast has so much talent that they're bursting at the seams and I'm enjoying just being in in their rainfall yeah. this is so neat let me ask you too since this is a series how long is each episode well, not to give too much away. No, don't, don't. I just want to. But I will say this. Yeah. They're not. They're not your traditional episodes. 
Excellent. I love that. I love this because you guys know what's, what this means for what is happening now, which means you're going to take off with this. Absolutely fantastic. So, oh gosh, I, so I don't want to give the rest away because I'd ask how long it takes you to film one particular thing, but don't give it, I'm not going to give it away. Well, well we can talk about that. Yeah, let's, we'll talk about the party premiere. Okay, okay, perfect. It took us the pilot. It took us 14 hours to film. Something like that, yeah. About 14 hours to film. Uh, and we are probably premiering seven minutes of that for just the party premiere episode. We're still, we just added something today and we're throwing out teasers, but 14 hours, probably, we got probably a good 45 minutes, Steve, of good footage that we could use. But we're going to be breaking it down into segments. Yeah, and also a lot, for people who don't know, fourteen hours filming an entire episode in a day is absolutely insane. Crazy! Like, it was we, crazy. It was like nonstop, like cut, action, background, all that stuff, like all day, and then one right. Well, the thing about filming, we hired professional crew because our goal is to get Netflix to pay attention to us. Uh -huh. so Netflix, Netflix has certain criteria for their filming. A certain percentage has to be filmed on certain cameras. So, okay. so we filmed on the camera that the Netflix required. The rest of our series is filmed on GoPros and iPhones. But mm. that, that particular day, it was 14 hours. I mean, there was food galore. We had almost every comfort you can think of, but it was long. It was long setting up the scenes. Um, yeah, it was it was a long day. The crew, professional crew that have worked on uh, the Terminator. I mean, these are you know these are professional crew members, and they were saying, "Oh, it's ambitious. It's ambitious." At the end, they were high fiving each other because they helped put it pull through. We were so excited at the end of the first night. Because they were saying, oh, ambitious, ambitious. And I was starting to say, oh, my God, what's going to happen? But everybody pulled together because there was no competition on set. It was all collaboration. It was all love. Uh -huh. uh, well, it, it was done. And, and actually, I don't know if you said it. But some of the, like, almost everything that you see on camera, like, really happened. So, like, should I talk about, like, a few things? Like, yeah. Also, so like we had like I'll hit him if I don't want him to yeah, talk so about it. Yeah, so we had like a beer bong scene, like a beer bong thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, our awesome. castmate Amber like actually made the ball in, and it took me like a couple times. So like that was like damn near like my real reaction. Oh like, wow! Oh, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. In, in movies, to get a scene like that perfect, it could take twenty shots. Yeah, you could do it twenty times. Right. right. Yeah, an hour to shoot it to get it that perfect, but it just. I mean, all the stars, everything in the universe is pointing to this production. Yes, I, I want to say too, despite the hours being long and, you know, just different retakes and such, the adrenaline though is what keeps you going through those long hours because you're excited about what you're doing and you know the end result is just going to blow people away. It's going to be yes. So, yes. yes. And Steve, with everything that you have done, that you're writing, I mean, you've just got to be—you've just got to be absolutely excited to see the end result here and what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's 
Yeah. Annette, he's doing flips. Yeah. This guy's doing flips. This is him being excited. <laughs> no, I can, I can see it. I mean, and I can feel it. I can, I can feel your energy, all of you. And this is what's going to really to come across in the, in the series. So I am really jazzed that you all took the time to come out and talk with me today and the audience that is watching and staying tuned into my show. And I'd like to ensure that they jump on over and follow you guys and see what's going on because you guys are going places. You're going to make things happen. This is going to be something huge. I'm very excited about that. Corinne, you rock. You got this, you've got this team that is just astounding. And You've got to just keep pushing them. They, this is, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and what you're doing. All right. Thank, thank you. you for thank having you. us. You just warmed all of our hearts right yeah. now. Yeah. You can't see it, but I'm blushing. <laughs> he is blushing. A little bit. It's kind of awesome. I, I love it. And, you know, I would really like for you guys to come back on the show because you have the mindset that your generation needs to hear more often and to follow. And so I think you will be great leaders in what you're doing with positive change. And I'd like to hear that. We're like the new gen, uh, hopefully like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I wanna see like a whole new generation of like directors and writers because now, no offense to a lot of them, but they're kind of old. Yeah. And I'm like, are. There's not a lot of good stuff coming out right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The remakes are happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, you just said this. There's remakes. Here's the thing. Okay, so obviously I'm a little bit older, but here's the thing. What I I love I love film, and I was an extra. I've been I, I've done some things. The thing that I find the most challenging is when I turn on the television and I find a remake of a movie of that was out that was a big box hit when I was a child and I'm thinking to myself this is great you know they've they've done something they've come out with this this is great but why isn't there something original happening people have imaginations and that needs to be exposed and done and brought out this we can't did are we in a society of closed minds where all we can do is just circle back to what's already there no we're not we got to make things move forward expand i mean look at our technology we have the expansion there so our minds are not closed exactly. yeah so and so and they're not circular so you guys have it you have position right now and you need to use that this is your leverage go for it i want to follow you and support you with whatever you got going i want the those that are younger like you to make the changes necessary that will lead a direction that just implodes with imagination and creativity this is what is needed they're going to do that they will do that yeah Yep. Awesome. 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 Thank you again so much, you guys, for being here. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Looking right, forward Steve. to being back. Yeah. Steve, Bye. Bring us home and tell the audience where you want them to connect with you guys first. Okay. 
Just join the community. It's all about peace and love, getting together, having a good time. Yeah. Shibbyproductions.com. Wait, are I talking about our, like, our social medias too? Yep. Okay. <laughs> you guys want to share your stories? Uh, the first one is uh, Shibby Productions on YouTube. Shibby Productions on YouTube. Yeah. Shibbyproductions.com. Shibbyproductions.com. Ventures with Hoyles on Facebook. Ventures with Hoyles on Facebook. Like, yeah, Keon, you might want to shout yourself out. Yeah, oh, shout yeah. out. Uh, I just have a Facebook. It's uh, Keon Madotti. Or on Instagram, Keon97. I forgot about that yeah. one. Okay, so if you can't remember his last name, Keon97, or maybe it's Keon Eye Candy, not yet. Maybe you should grab that. Oh. Super swag daddy. Okay. Super oh. swag daddy. Keon yeah. yeah. All right, so... Thank you guys so much. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in every week to watch this wonderful show that brings you so much information. Take the information that was shared today, not only for entertainment value that you're going to get from what they, that they're producing, but the information that they've given you to help shape your life. We appreciate you tuning in every week. I ask that you share this with your friends, your family, coworkers, everybody on social media that you know, and those that you don't. Thanks for tuning in. Click on us. Peace out. Rebecca Sounds Reveille. I'm really excited because today I've got someone who is a counterpart. He does a lot of really exciting stuff and it's of interest to me because there's a lot that I don't know. I'm really not as technically savvy as I'd like to be and what he does is so intriguing and I think you're gonna like to hear some of the things that he does so I'm gonna share a little bit about him he's a former member and co-founder of create create arts media and a new which was a new age media company he's also a founding member of dead 13 a horror production company and he is a show host he has his own show and I want to talk to him about both of these things because of how in-depth they are. And he's very passionate about mm, lots of things like esports, gaming, and even more. The things that he does kind of really bring well-rounded things to education, business, things that are emerging in technology. And with the types of multimedia that he is capable of doing, it blows my mind. And so he has a Bachelor of Arts in Media, uh, Digital Media and Narrative Filmmaking from the University of Hawaii. Now I wish I could have went to school there. I really would have enjoyed it. But we've got to hear a little bit about that. He produces as well as does his own, like I've said, podcasts, web series, media content, and more. So I'd like to bring him on the show so we can get to know him a little bit better. And also, I want you to follow his work and check out his show. So welcome now, Trent Knox.
Hello, how are you? I am really excited because you have your counterpart. You do a lot of the same things, but your stuff is so in depth. I just, it's amazing to me what you do and how you're able to do that because I, number one, don't have the patience and the knowledge. But how did you first start out getting into this? Because you ended up going to school and getting bachelor's degrees. So there was obviously interest there before going to school. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, wow, that actually goes a little bit further uh, down than I've ever been asked before. Um, I was in uh, theater growing up and uh, through middle school, high school, and whatnot. Uh, so I did have a background in uh, theatrical productions and stuff like that from the stage standpoint. Uh, and then after I had done that, uh, my senior year in high school, I joined the the horror industry sort of kind of where i started working with the dead 13 people uh, -huh. uh in uh, the haunted house in austin called um, house of torment and i did a Ooh. season there uh before i went to college and uh it was my first job i'd ever had and, and uh i it was like an actor within the within the haunt and the attraction uh, a lot of physical activity jumping around uh, screaming and trying to scare people it was a lot of fun. It was the first foray into paid acting, right? Um, so then after that, uh, I kind of wanted to go and do something in the in the visual space. Uh, I didn't know if that would be like commercial work or whatever, but uh, I had gotten re – someone had reached out to me uh, when I graduated to go and be a part of an agency and, and book talent and stuff like that, but I was – not in the right place for it at that time. I, I was I was on some news and uh, I had picked up some some uh, some attention from being on the news for promoting uh, uh, peer mentorship and stuff like that in high school. I'd uh, won a couple of co competitions and stuff like that from uh, from Auto Tech and stuff like that. So I was on television for a little bit uh, in the news and things. Uh, so people had reached out. But I wasn't ready to go do like anything like that. I felt like I needed to go learn. So I went to Texas State originally uh, out in San Marcos. And I started studying mass communications. I had had a had an idea that I would go do some sort of PR or, um, you know, spokesperson for companies or something like that. Um, yeah. And so I studied that first uh, my freshman, sophomore year there. Uh, and then I transferred to the University of Hawaii. And at the University of Hawaii, I studied um, in a thing called the Academy of Creative Media. It was like a, a department within you, the University of Hawaii that specialized in narrative filmmaking and digital media content creation. Uh, and that avenue led me to Hawaii Five O of season four of Hawaii Five O. I was on season four of Hawaii Five O doing back uh, doing um, production crew work. Uh, moving things around, setting up sets and stuff like that, working in wardrobe, working, uh, uh, working in the producer's office with, uh, with different, different things. I did a lot of different things um, from, you know, the hard work, like collating uh, papers and scripts to, you know, helping out with um, budget and that stuff. And then let me ask you that, that with uh, the eye production. When you were there and working on Hawaii Five-0, was that before they redid the international marketplace? 
Uh, no, it was after. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's 2013. Okay, so, yeah, all right. Yeah, she's... So, okay, go on. I'm Season sorry. four. I just, I just wondered if our paths had crossed there at, at one time. I had seen the... Mm -hmm. um, filming of one of the episodes there at International Marketplace. And so I didn't know if by chance you would have been there at that same time. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I think that happened in season two, but uh, not, not too far shortly after. So I did that season four and then they got picked up for season five. But unfortunately, uh, like I was on the way, you know, down a different path. Um, and I didn't stay on for that. Uh, I was moving back to the state, or I mean, ma the mainland from the islands. And um, after I graduated and I had intentions to go either to like to LA, Vancouver, Denver, or, um, or Austin back to home, sort of. Um, and I just, I found Denver because my parents were moving there. I wanted to stay close to family. Uh, I, my grandfather and whatnot is, uh, lives north of Denver. So I want to be close to family. So I was there and I started working actors workshops uh, while I was there uh, doing videography and kind of studying with, uh, with a guy by the name of Steve Austin. Um, and he, um, he's part of a, 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 um, an actors workshop called the Roaring Success Workshop. Um, it was started by, um, a man with the last name, no roar. And I forget his first name, but, uh, he's got two shot, two schools, one in, uh, Denver and one in, in Colorado Springs. And I was helping out with the one in Colorado Springs and, um, did that. Then I went and worked in a music studio with, uh, the conservatory of the arts with kids between the ages of like five and, and 18, um, I did some videography, helped out with a little bit of audio production there. Uh, that was a good. That was good experience, putting me towards learning a little bit more about podcasting. Uh, there, I started. I started live streaming at that time. Like, I wanted to to learn how to uh, mix music and master music, and I was talking with some of the the full time instructors there because I was like an assistant instruct instructor, and um, they kind of showed me what it was like to work on uh, on audio files and make music. And so I kind of took that and I took video and the music and tried to make like a DJ set. I did some DJ DJing and that, that sort. Uh, those videos are up and I hopefully they are, you know, those are some of my first videos that I've done live. Um, they're somewhere archived. Um, then I did that and then I moved back to Austin. And when I moved back to Austin, things were, were really different. Uh, I, was, I was actually doing those gig economy freelancer work jobs uh, to kind of find a foundation of what was, who I am and what's going on. Um, so I learned a lot about Austin. I learned a lot about some of, the, some of the things that are holding back content creators in the area and some of the things that are actually bringing them up. And um, so I kind of thought, well, you know what? I want to talk about the culture that's going on in Austin, uh, like side project to, you know, working with um, other entrepreneurs and building companies. Um, so I would interview local artists, brands, and events in the area, 
And that developed into starting a show, uh, 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 like a like a show about that, the live from the ATX. And then we we turned that into like a an actual meetup, and that meetup turned into a concert. And then uh, one thing to led to another. Yeah. Then um, snowball effect. Uh, we kind of put, yeah, and then uh, we kind of um, we did a bunch of other things. We kind of branched out and did some different things. I uh, started covering events um, with a like a ten ten man production crew, uh, and it and it was cool for a while. But then it got a, it kind of diverted and split the company in half. Um, it and so I took it. I took the company with me, um, and my business partner went on to do a different podcast, and I helped co-produce that pro- podcast from time to time. And, um, so right now it's all about, you know, developing new podcasters and helping out, uh, in places that I can't help out. Uh, my, my gig now is full-time videographer for my client, uh, Rod, Robert Gardner wellness. He's a key opinion leader in the health and wellness space. And, uh, I'm working with him to build his online presence, uh, to the next level through live video. This is incredible. This is absolutely yeah. incredible because you have to know what you're doing, know how to leverage and market, and you've got it. Mm-hmm. This is uh, well, fortunately enough, uh, I did spend about three months. I was working for traditional television and radio, uh, and it didn't work out for me because there was uh, I was really dead set on digital media and the the advent of social media being the marketplace of ideas so uh, i left that job and i went to work freelance and so it's been that way since then this is really neat because you were right on the money and all of the projectors are showing that this is the way that Mm -hmm. are going and so for those who are not on board with the digital portion of media they're Mm -hmm. really missing out in the foundation of where things are going to go. So Mm -hmm. I've encouraged this with people that I've helped establish shows and they will say, I do radio and I'm, I'm saying, this is great. You do radio, but you really need to have a visual component because that is what's, what's the way that things are going statistically Mm -hmm. showing. And you, if you think about it, just about everywhere now has some kind of visual component. You'll see it in advertising. You go to somebody's website and they'll have little how-to videos or some, they'll have some kind of mini podcast or whatever. Major companies now that you would never think are having their own podcast shows on their sites. And then you have Facebook Live. You've got um, just a whole host of YouTube live, all kinds of things that are going on in social media and people really have an opportunity to grow and you are making things happen. You know how to do this. You know how to do it really well. And this is pretty exciting. So I want to talk too. I mean, you were talking about what you can do for somebody else, but let's talk a little bit about your show because you produce host and make things happen with your own show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my personally branded show, Trent Knox Show, 
it started out as a behind the scenes of the Austin Live and Local stuff that I was going on. Uh, it started off with micro content. It was uh, just kind of like the the technology had met the podcasting and it became really easy through anchor.fm to to be able to put out micro pieces of podcasting or content out there for people to you know you know if they needed a little pick me up or they wanted to hear a story about a a story about a story you know and um so i was just doing that for about a couple of you know six months or so and then I thought, well, you know what, this is just as good. Maybe I might as well, you know, interview some of the people that have been helping me out uh, that aren't, you know, necessarily from Austin, that aren't necessarily doing the same th industry that I'm in. That, you know, I might just walk across the street, uh, walk down the street and meet somebody who's, uh, you know, attending a, a convention to um, real estate or, or, um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I've done that are kind of unique. Uh, you know, I don't know, but um, there are just, you know, people that you'd never think you'd meet and then just taking time and, you know, interviewing them out of the blue and seeing what their life is like. I think that this is, this is really good. And I'd love for the audience here to also follow your show. I think either you have some very, very good things going on with that. And you also encourage and work with people in starting their own shows too. Yeah. So how do you go about doing this? People can go to your website, trentknox.com and yes. connect with you there. But let's talk about what it entails for somebody who might be thinking about starting a show. Well, I, I, you know, it's interesting you sit, you bring this up because I've worked with people in, in different ways to where they, they, they realize they'd like to start a show. It hasn't always been uh, the first introduction has been like, Hey, I want to start a podcast or Hey, I want to be on a live stream. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm making videos for YouTube, but I just don't know how to, you know, get over that, that, that hurdle and keep doing it. I have reservations or something's limiting me. And I, um, I usually just want to, you know, um, motivate those people to just keep doing it because if none if nothing else it's it's a uh it's an archive of your life you know that you can go and show your kids yes. and uh show yes. everybody that that um who you are and who you were before or how you developed and how how things that went wrong things that went good and um you know document your life i like uh, that and so, say that very much yeah yeah i, I think we yeah. forget about that often mm -hmm that this is a document of our life. And so family members are going to be able to see this at mm -hmm. some point later on and even generationally. I mean, this, this is a pretty mm -hmm. neat thing that you bring up. And in most often we're thinking about what are, what are, you gonna, what are we gonna do with this? How is this gonna look to other people? But we really don't think about that. And I really like that you have brought that up because I have thought about this mm -hmm. before. I don't think about it on a daily basis, but I have thought about this before. Well, if something were to happen, and you know, this is something that my daughter, my grandson will have to mm -hmm. look at at some point, you know, maybe. So anyway, go on. This, yeah. I just think it's uh, yeah. even, even nonetheless, it, 
nonetheless, if, even if even if it's just a little bit of a laugh, you know, like, oh, I remember those days. <laughs> That's the way it was back then, you know. Those stories always seem to be some of the strongest stories when I talk to, you know, my my family members or my elders or some of my mentors. It's like, mm. oh man, back in the day we had to, you know, we had to drive a tractor that didn't have any power steering or, you know, like all of these stories. Like, and technology just advances us. And and in some ways, uh, you know, one of my the people that I think we're all looking at and looking up to right now is Gary Vaynerchuk, and he talks about this all the time. He talks about the fact that you know technology isn't uh isn't making us any worse than we were before it's just exposing things that we didn't do before or that we weren't publicizing before you uh -huh. know and now now that you know we have the opportunity and that's a positive and a good uh negative you know before you might not have always you know said the thing that or put out the thing uh to the to the society that you're a helper or you're, you're a motivating person or you're willing to give the shirt off your back or something like that. But that, you know, that, that as active acts of kindness uh, do show up in these documentations. Uh, back to the question though, that you're asking was how do I, you know, help these, these individuals who may not may or may not know that they want to do a podcast, get to doing a podcast. I like to think that it would be the first step would be, to experiencing uh, experiencing what it's like to record either in their own home studio uh, or like in uh, in a studio with me um, going and and actually getting something recorded and so that's that's kind of the first step the second step I think sometimes or maybe even a different a different lane of steps is I'll find people who are doing, doing podcasting, but don't know that they're doing podcasting. So for instance, okay. like people who just do a daily vlog or something like that and they're motivation, motivational, or they're talking about something that they're, you know, super passionate about. I'll just send them an email and be like, Hey, I really like your content. I've been doing podcasting for a while now. Uh, I'd really love to help you develop your, 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 your content and maybe a podcast, maybe a live stream uh, would add an addition to that. Some musicians, I like to even give them the opportunity to think about it as like another avenue to, to, uh, to find, find what works. So even putting out music as a podcast, sometimes, you know, you can put something out, see the, see how it's resonating and then uh, put that into the, you know, the marketplaces where you have your iTunes or whatever, your traditional uh, audiobooks or whatever. Yeah. I think this is really a good thing because you brought out some really good points. Oftentimes there are people that are doing blogs and don't have any idea that it is a podcast and mm -hmm. the predictions of growth in this particular arena is huge. People mm -hmm. are really on board with podcasts. It is a thing, mm -hmm. and it's amazing what is out there already from different apps to different extensions in the browser to regular things like iHeartMedia where you can, you know, listen or Sirius XM, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty neat where what you're talking about and 
all of these things are documentations too. They, what I really enjoy about doing my show is having someone like you come on and I'm able mm -hmm. to share and highlight what you do. And that in turn allows someone in the audience and hopefully every member of the audience to gain something that's going to enrich their life and be able to move them in a different direction. And so there may be someone that's watching or even listening today that says, you know what? I'd like to do this. And they now can go to trentknox.com and be directed on what they need to do to get started in this. And it's not something mm -hmm. that somebody has to do full time. They can, they can do it part time and it can be done from their home. So there's lots to this. Now, if somebody did Trent contact you and say, Hey, I want to do this. Are you able to do it through Skype or through a visual media format and let them know the types of things that they need to have to make it work right? Right. Uh, well, I'm going to go back a little bit. There's uh there's, there's the opportunity to direct someone in podcasting, but sometimes I just think of it as more of like a consultation or an advisory thing. Uh, something like that, like a consultation with me about how to get started or the, 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 tech, the, the technical aspect to the, to the, the content creation, the, the logical to the emotional. Um, it, really just depends on where they are. If they need help with, you know, the content creation part where they're like, I'm just not sure what I am, I am doing. I need, or I don't know what to do. I'm working, you know, I, I've got this artisanal, uh, honey that I've been trying to make, but I just don't know how to promote it. Well, then that comes to those type of things. It's like, you know, you know what you need to do. Like maybe it, you don't see it, but you just need to talk about your artisanal honey and get people to, get people to understand why it's important. You know, yeah. why, why is that important? Yeah. That's a good point because we can really, with whatever our passion is, we can really do something with it that will be beneficial to other people. And that's mm -hmm. really the goal. Um, at least mm -hmm. for me, when I do a show is to make it beneficial for other people. And so, um, I, I really am, I'm just crazy digging what you do because you do all aspects of this. And so if somebody already has a show, do you produce also their shows or help them along? If so I, editing? I have, uh, I have a few people who have asked me to do that. Uh -huh. Um, and I have helped with that before I have helped, uh, to, to innovate podcasts, um, either you know it, it could be from that they were just recording on their on a small recorder to now they have a microphone and a recorder or you know maybe it's adding intros or you know adding another piece or i have helped innovate podcasts before um so yeah that's something i have helped out with before oh very good so with everything that you've got going i know when people have a passion they can always always be available to do more. I know I'm one of them and, mm -hmm. um, or at least I was at one time or, but I know what the drive is and it's pretty neat. Do you have any, anything on the horizon that you've got coming down 
the pipeline that you want to share with the audience or that you can share with the audience at this time? Um, with what Sure. There are a couple of things that I can't, but uh, there, there are a few things that I do, I can share. Um, I was invited to go to, to help out with the, um, the esports leadership summit, uh, in-game uh, esports leadership summit that's going to be at Dallas, Texas, at the new esports arena at Arlington. Uh, that's tomorrow on Saturday, and then uh, on Thursday of next week, I'll be at the uh, Texas Association of Broadcasters. Um, I'll be, you know, going around uh, uh, the trade show and the booth, uh, talking with some of the new technologies and whatnot have been invited by Teradek to go. So I'm going to be out there talking about wireless and live streaming and that kind of thing. Oh, this is exciting. So you're, mm -hmm. you are being called upon. Now you're an expert in this field. So if anyone out in the audience needs information, we have an expert. So please do contact him for any of your multimedia needs and go ahead and, check out his show. Let's see anything else that I'm forgetting to talk about, Trent, that you might like to touch upon before I let you go. Sure. Uh, the one thing that I don't think we talked about was my uh, social media marketing and management company, yes. Cyber yeah. City Media. Cyber okay. City Media is the... Trent, that didn't come through. Can you share the name of your company again? Yeah, Cyber City Media. Um, uh, it comes from the whole concept of cybernetic uh, communications, which is communications over the internet uh, or or any sort of digital network. And then, uh, you know, the whole city mentality of uh, a bunch of people coming together to try to live cohesively. And then, uh, of course, the media portion, which is, you know, distribution, networking, all of those different things. Um so we're working, I'm working as well as some other people who I'm looking to bring on board uh, to creating something that's more specific to uh, are more in, in, uh, enriched in the community or culture of someone's project. So instead of, you know, just throwing, throwing money at, uh, at something to see if it, you know, you know, works out or it doesn't work out. We want to work with community managers and whatnot to to manage people's social media. Uh, I've, I've, I've said this before with uh, Rebecca before. There's a difference between management, social media management, online management, and marketing. And actually, there's I didn't say this as well, and advertising. Um, the difference is like you originally, marketing is finding the places that a brand is not existing in. So that's like going out to get an Instagram page, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, the whole plethora of social media networks. That's the whole marketing aspect, finding places that you don't already exist in. The management portion is going onto those platforms and working within the organic native uh, natures of that and using tools to share, get in groups, network, and whatnot. And then there's the marketing aspect or uh, the advertisement aspect of spending money on those platforms to reach a larger audience on the core of the platform. Okay. Uh, whether that's the news feed stories or any sort of tool that the, uh, that has some sort of paid feature, paid advertisement. So that's so, what we're working on. Okay. So if somebody were to come to you and say, I need mm -hmm. social media management, 
or, mm-hmm. or, or even social media advertising. So mm-hmm. would they come to you and then hand over all of their username and passwords and say, I need you to get this out every week or whatever schedule and you do all of their advertising on social media for them? That's interesting you, you bring that up because originally in the wild, wild west of social media 10 years ago, it was like that where you, you were just handing passwords out all over the place. Uh, you know, um, On the newer platforms like a TikTok or a Snapchat or something like that, they don't have business integrated tools. So there's not exactly – that's not – necessarily the the platforms where you're going to have the ability to 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 not give them the password or a manager the passwords but usually you want to work with someone that you you trust or that's trustworthy with the brand the image of the brand okay. but most websites like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram uh well not not Instagram uh but Facebook, YouTube and what else uh I'm forgetting other other platforms but there are some other platforms they have business integration tools. So you can go to my company, which is, and it can act as an agency of, of your page of your Instagram profile. And, uh, we can just manage what from a third party access through the platform. I see. But you know, sometimes you just have to find somebody that for the newer platforms, the new newer markets, you just have to find somebody who, who understands your brands uh, and is is able to to build the image of your brand with you, not against you. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it very time consuming for you to do that? Yeah, the management portion of uh, of social media is very time consuming. The marketing portion of it, finding new markets to be in, is not that complicated. It's just creating accounts and establishing a presence. Uh, and you can repurpose content across all platforms. If you want to be creative and do something different on another platform, it's okay. It don't nothing to stop you to doing that. It's just more work. Um, when it comes down to the advertising portion of it, the advertising portion is complicated. It's not necessarily time consuming. You know, okay. it's complicated to find the right keywords to get in front of the right people. Yeah. I gotcha. So when it comes to social media advertising Mm -hmm. yes I want to ask you because I've heard some conflicting things about hashtags so I'm thinking I've heard okay so I have heard something like you don't want to have more than five and I've heard that eight to ten or something is the key number and so what do you think is appropriate and you I mean you know this this is what you do Mm -hmm. You know, you know, podcasting, you know, producing, you know, social media, because this is your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hashtags fall under, fall under actually the management portion of, of social media. And, uh, that's a big misconception because what people tend to do is, uh, they use the word hashtag for the word keyword. It's like, they're similar. But they're okay. not the same. So okay. hashtags on Instagram are, are search engine optimizers. So they're, they're SEO. So when you do that on Instagram, you use 30 is the max that you can use. And it depends what kind of content creator you are. But there's a certain way to, to manage that uh, to make it so that it just 
it puts it in the eyes of people who are looking for food, looking for food with a dog. And that's what those do there. Okay. On YouTube, the, the maximum amount that is actually beneficial is three hashtags, but it's up to 30, I think, as well, keywords. So keywords are a back-end backlink versus hashtags are what you see on on the front of the picture the front of the of the page so it's like there's a bit of a misconception and just like in nomenclature between hashtag and keyword they're similar they do similar things but they act differently on each platform that's pretty interesting because i think you're right there is a misconception and that can really really cause a challenge if you're trying to do certain things and if you don't know what they yeah. do it's not going to get you mm -hmm. where you want you could be wasting your time or mm -hmm. um you know something like that but talking to you and getting a feel for something that is really necessary for somebody's brand for somebody's business is pretty essential so i think we need to have them go on right on over to uh connect with you now they can go to trent Knox.com. Where else can they connect with you? So they can go to TrentKnox.com, and that's pr primarily uh, my productions company. That's for videography uh, and any sort of live streaming content creation. Uh, for the media management and the media marketing, it's going to be CyberCityMedia.com. Uh, that's C Y B E R C Y C I T Y M E dia.com on social media it's um you know you can find me across the board uh through trent knox at trent knox or at trent knox tv i love it thank you so much for all of the knowledge that you've shared with us today and the yeah. opportunities that you've shared to make so many lives better i so appreciate it yeah thank you very much for having me on the show i appreciate it a lot and I want to thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. I think that there are so many things to learn about what's going on in the industry of digital media, from podcasting to social media management and social media advertising, along with a whole lot more. And what is better than to have somebody who knows the ins and outs of that, an expert, right? at your fingertips. So you definitely want to get connected with Trent. What an amazing man, and I'm really excited that he's been here. So I hope that you will connect with him on social media, and I ask that you share this with your friends, your family, everybody that you know, your coworkers, everybody on social media that you know, and those that you don't. Please make sure to connect with us on facebook.com forward slash Rebecca Sounds Rappley and connect with us on YouTube. Click the subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in.